Welcome to Conversations with Connors. I'm your host, Adam Connors. Relax, but listen attentively while you digest the conversation with my good friend, Liz Young. It's a fun dialogue packed with information. There's so many takeaways. Liz is the founder, CEO, and creative director of Studio Labs, a product design and development studio which focuses on creative technology. Studio Labs has helped create websites, mobile applications, software applications, and other digital products for clients such as Estee Lauder and ESPN. They've partnered with some of the world's most talented creative teams at agencies like Ogilvy & Mathers and RGA. Essentially what her company does is just build awesome software and digital products. Liz is not only an entrepreneur, but she's a venture capital investor, board member, a real estate investor, and in her spare time, a professor at Pace University. Liz and her team have had a plethora of accomplishments. One in particular that I found extraordinary was her designs team's involvement in helping design and build the world's first ever live webcast of an international sporting event, the 2000 Paralympic Games in Sydney, Australia. During our conversation, you're going to have the opportunity to learn about her experience, how she's built her business, the life of an entrepreneur, dealing with growing pains, hiring American technology talent, and of course, how her relationships and network have been a cornerstone of her success. Liz is as grounded as they come, has zero air to her, and is just an awesome personality. Enjoy. Here I am, got the great fortune of sitting with my good friend, Liz Young. Liz, my old neighbor, she is my friend, and even just hearing her voice puts a smile on my face. Uh, just really good, positive energy. Uh, she's great in the community. She's uh, a heck of a pool player, from what I understand. <laughs> uh, not, there are better. But... <laughs> um, and not to mention just an entrepreneurial whiz. Liz, you do a lot of things uh, from a business standpoint. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to botch it, so I'd rather you uh, take the mic from now and, and tell us a little about kind of uh, your business and, and who you are and We'll let you roll. Sure. Yeah. Um, thanks, by the way, for having me here. This is great. Um, yeah, so I, I I own and operate a 15-year-old, well, soon to be 15 next month. Uh, Congrats. Thank you. Digital production studio. So we design and build uh, things that live online, websites, mobile apps, online software, you know, you name it. If it's online, we've probably done something similar to it in the past 15 years. Um, you know, and so uh, that's, that's, that's my... My full-time gig, that's my, you know, that's my, my, you know, bread and butter. Um, you know, from that, from that 15-year uh, run with this company, I've had the opportunity and the fortune, you know, the great fortune to sort of uh, dip my toes into other things as well. We've built certain products that we then spun off into their own companies and hired people to work on those and got them funded. And, you know, so as a result of that, um, over the last, I don't know, probably 10 years or so, I'm also a co-founder of a couple of other companies, a, a board member of a handful of other companies, um, an investor in a couple of other companies. So, um, you know, it's a it, my my daily routine is a bit of a there's a there's a gamut there, sort of to what I do. But but my 45 50 hour a week, you know, sole focus is is mainly at uh, being the CEO at Studio Labs. Um, you know, building awesome software and digital products. 
Oh, it's great. I like that. <laughs> now you left out real estate tycoon. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, we, so- we won't, we won't tell anybody that the, the reason that I own any real estate at all is because I just got tired of living where I lived. <laughs> Couldn't sell it in the crap market that it was, you know, 10 years ago and ended up holding onto it and renting it out. And it ended up being, you know, those apartments, uh, you know, ended up being sort of a, a great, um, you know, uh, I mean, a really good financial decision, even though it wasn't really a decision. It was just kind of made for me because the market was where it was. So We didn't, you didn't need to tell anyone that. Yeah. It could, well. uh, could have been a little <laughs> secret. Well, and then what about the, the studio down the street? Yeah. Don't you uh, own that also? We do, yeah. It's uh, the commercial space, about a 2,000 square foot commercial space down um, in downtown Hoboken. We, you know, we bought it because uh, we needed a place for studio labs. Like I needed a place to have the company, you know, living and growing. Um, and we only decided to move into Manhattan about two years ago because it was, it's just easier to get really, really top-notch talent coming in from Queens and Long Island and deep into Brooklyn and some parts of Connecticut, uh, when your office is centrally located in Manhattan, easier than getting people to cross a couple of bridges, you know, to get into Hoboken. So we do still own that commercial space. It's being rented out to a lovely group of folks. Um, uh, so yeah, again, that's one of those things where... You know, we decided not to sell it. Uh, it was smarter to to hold on to it. Um, and and yeah, so that's really where that came from. It's great space. I love it. Every time I drive by, though, it, me too. it puts a tear in my eye, though, to not see you sitting in there. Yeah, me too, know? because the amount of natural light that we oh, got in there, yeah. floor-to-ceiling windows on three-quarters of the, of the building, it's just like you don't get that anywhere in Manhattan, you know? I mean, we have a pretty good spot right now, don't get me wrong. We have a lot of natural light coming in off Fifth Avenue, but um, that space, you don't see that really, you know, that floor-to-ceiling just glass, like a big fishbowl, you know? Yeah. Great. One of the things that you also uh, left out, which I think is is really important, uh, especially for people that are pro-American, um, talk about your staff. You don't outsource. No, we don't outsource. Um, we have an office location in uh, New York City on Fifth Avenue, as I mentioned before, um, at Studio Labs, and we also have a larger office in downtown Buffalo. Um, Buffalo is um, a great upcoming city. There's a lot of growth happening there right now, but we've been there for close to 10 years, maybe a little bit more than 10 years. Um, There's always been great talent coming out of the universities in and around the Buffalo area. And up until relatively recently, there weren't a lot of options for those folks. Um, A lot of people would graduate from the University of Buffalo or Rochester Institute of Technology, and they'd have to go to some other city to get a job in computer science or graphic design or, or, you know, any of those types of, uh, you know, that industry that we're in. And, and, you know, so we kind of, when we started the office there, we actually, we had a, it was great. There was a lot of uh, talent that was just looking for something else to do. They didn't want to work at a bank anymore. They didn't want to work at a health insurance company anymore. They didn't want to work at a big corporation. And that's really what downtown was for, you know, Buffalo rather downtown Buffalo was for a very long time. Um, So, yeah, so we don't have to outsource to other countries because, you know, the cost of living in Buffalo is, is, is less than New York City, that's for sure. So, you know, we have a little bit of a ratio. We keep, you know, two-thirds of our, of our staff um, in a great city like Buffalo, uh, and it affords us the opportunity to be very competitive in pricing in the markets like New York City and San Francisco and Boston, where a lot of our clients are. Um, but we don't have to sacrifice a lot of the quality uh, issues, you know, run into those quality issues that, that happen more often than not when you end up working with an offshore development team. Not to say that those offshore development teams aren't very talented in their own right. There's just a lot of communication gaps, a lot due to language barrier, a lot due to the the, the distance and the time zones. 
they're sleeping while we're working and vice versa. And um, some companies have, have managed to make it work. We have not even attempted. We're in really good shape keeping our, our folks here in the United States. And, um, and you know, there's really no reason for us to attempt it. How, how do you deal with turnover? Have you Because you don't have much turnover relative, relative to the street. Sure. Yeah. A couple of years ago, we had a decent amount of turnover. We had a, we had a, 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 you know, a six to 18 month stint where there was a lot of change happening inside the organization. We were growing. I was hiring some more sort of senior level management type folks to come in and and they were coming in and, and doing their job. And some of the folks that had been here for a very long time weren't exactly happy, uh, you know, having a new person to report to in some cases. They, you know, and, and just with with that massive amount of change that was happening in that short period of time because of the growth that we were seeing, we did lose a handful of folks in that short while. But in the 15 year history of the company, that is legitimately the only time frame um, you know, uh, where we had that kind of turnover. Um, you know, we've in the last year alone, 2017, we grew, I want to say we hired, um, probably grew by 30 or 40%. Wow. Uh, we, we, yeah, we've hired a ton of people. We went from, you know, 12 or 13 people, uh, two years ago and now we're up to 28, you know, so it's, it's great growth. How do you find the, I mean, there's so much competition for the people that you're fighting sure. for how, so there's a handful of ways that we go about talent, um, search first and foremost is your network, my network, the people that work with us, the people that they know when you can find somebody that somebody, you know, has vouched for, um, you end up getting the absolute best team members, um, going that route. You know, uh, it's not always easy to find people going that route. That does take a lot of hunting and gathering. It takes a lot of people talking to a lot of people. Sometimes it takes longer to find people, um, doing that, but that's always the first way we go. Um, you know, it's, it's talking to people that, that, you know, talking to your employees and saying, look, do you have a buddy that you think would fit this thing? We'll give you, you know, a $3,000, um, bonus if you find somebody that wants to come in and they're a good fit, you know, um, that's cheaper than hiring recruiters in most cases. Um, and you get people that are vouched for people that, you know, you, you, you know, and, and you know, through somebody else when that doesn't work and it doesn't always, when that doesn't pan out, um, you know, we reach out to, we have two recruiters that we work with on a fairly regular basis, um, for this stuff. We've worked with them for a long time. I've known both of these, uh, girls that we work with on inside those organizations for longer than they've actually been working with us. I've, I've known them personally. Um, and they just take great care of us. Uh, it's expensive to hire folks that way, but when you've got people working in your corner and they know what you're looking for, they know what your cultural fit is Huge. they, yeah, they know what the personality, you know, type is that you're looking for. Um, they just get it. You know, they're not going to send me a resume of somebody that's even on the fence. They, they take their time. They do the, the, all of the really hard work. And there is a lot of work because I mean, think about it. You go to post a job at LinkedIn or you post a job on Indeed or Monster or Dice or any of those places in New York city, you're going to get 300 resumes a day. And I'm not, that's not even a joke. Like that's not an exaggeration. You're going to get that many resumes a day. Who's got time to go through all those, you know? Um, we've done it before when we get really hard up and we really need to find somebody quick, we'll do the recruiter route. We'll talk to everybody and we'll do those job postings. And it's just an all out crazy ditch effort for a week or two weeks for a handful of us on the team to just do as much of that resume hunting and digging and, um, interviewing and phone screening as we can. But, but really we, we, we lean on our collaborative network. Um, there's not one person I can say that works inside of our organization that I wouldn't trust 
to refer somebody else. We've got a wow. rock star team. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, really good culture inside the office right now, and, and that that translates when you're talking to, you know, when you're talking about bringing in new people. Yeah. So. What What are some of um, What are some of the biggest hurdles that you're facing now in terms of business? Obviously, you've got no shortage of business. No, and that's that actually is part of the biggest hurdle. You know, growth <clears throat> growth it introduces what I like to call, you know, um, high class problems, right? You know, (laughs) you've got, you've got, you know, so many people banging down your door, um, you know, looking for you to, 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 to work for them, um, to build these products, design these great, awesome things that thousands or millions of people are going to end up using in their everyday lives. And it's, that comes with a great deal of, of frustrations sometimes when you misstep or when you realize that your process, the process that worked with, you know, 18 people doesn't necessarily work with 28 people. And that doesn't sound like a whole lot of people. 28 people is not a huge corporation by any stretch of the imagination. It's a very small company. But when you, when you, you know, add 30% or 40% to your, to your, to your team, there are some things that just, you don't foresee, you know, and, and you got to be quick. Um, something pops up, you've got to sit down and, and address it immediately because if you don't, it'll fester and it'll cause more and more problems as things get, you know, as, as the day gets longer. Right. So. Wow. And then, and then how do you manage all the different things that you've got going on? Whether, I mean, obviously this is a huge chunk of your day. It's your baby, but then, you know, I'm familiar with a couple of your other entities and they're, I'm sure they're not uh, taking any shortage of your time either. So how do you do it? You know, you, I have to set boundaries for myself, right? So I have to, um, studio labs is, like I said before, it's my bread and butter. It's the, it is my, it is the thing that I need to make sure that I am focusing the vast majority of my attention on all the time. It's really, really easy to get caught up in some of the other things where it's like, whoa, that's a really cool, awesome thing that that other company is going through right now. I want to help them do that, you know? And it's real easy to say, you know, you, you go down a rabbit hole and you're like, but when you come up and it's Wednesday and you've already spent 10 hours working on that other business and you're like, oh, you know, uh, got to get back to the, to the thing that is, you know, paying the bills and, and keeping the lights on and that's studio lab. So I just have to be really conscious of my time. I am a calendar Nazi. If it's not on my calendar, it's probably not getting done. Um, and I'm talking everything from, you know, meetings and, and phone calls, obviously, but if I need to write a document, it's on my calendar. If I need to review a document from somebody else, it's on my calendar. You know, there's nothing that I do during the day that does not get on my calendar because when things start getting flung over the fence and then you start taking on those ad hoc projects from one company or another company or another entity or, um, you know, uh, you lose track of time quickly and you fall behind very quickly. So my day is really regimented by a calendar. It's a, it's a little ridiculous how regimented my Smart. day is. That's good. Good to learn those kinds of tips and tricks. What are, are you still teaching? Cause you used to teach also. You are still I, teaching n- also. No, no, I, I, I actually, I, 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 I have not taught a class at Pace University in about a year and a half. <laughs> okay. I, yes, I am technically still adjunct faculty there. I am. I still am in contact with a handful of the administrators and teachers there. They ask me if I'm ready to come back, you know, um, <laughs> on, a, on a regular basis. And I've just, you know what, it's, um, I just, I had to take a little bit of a step back. It, it's a lot of work. It's really rewarding work. Don't get me wrong. Um, but at the, at the time when I took a step back about, a, like I said, about a year and a half, almost two years ago now, I took a step back from that, um, after teaching for 14, 15 years, uh, you know, I took a step back from that because I realized that I was dropping the ball on certain things at that exact point when we were growing. Um, and 
you know, I, I had to handpick a few things that I needed to sort of set aside for a hot minute. And I will get back to teaching because I absolutely loved it. Um, but, you know, it was just something that I had to, unfortunately, you know. I, I can see you being me. a good teacher. I can see you being a lot of fun, it's fun and learning you know? a lot. Yeah, I, tell yeah. you, I, started teaching, I started teaching in, in 2001, in early September 2001. Um, and I was 22, not quite 23. My birthday was at the end of September. So I was 22 in 2001. And my first day at class, I was sitting down and just quickly typing up notes for something that I was doing at work that day during my day job. The whole class starts coming in, they're filtering in, they're sitting down at their seats, computer lab, because we're teaching graphic design here, right? Um, and the clock ticks, whatever time it was, six o'clock or whatever time, it was an evening class. I get up and I start talking and, and putting stuff and introducing myself and whatever. And the, the students were all like, what the hell's going on here? Right? Like, and I was like, why, what's going on? Is everything all right? And one guy finally raised his hand. It's a night class. So half the students were like twice my age. And the other half of the students were like a year or two or three years younger than me. And one dude finally raises his hand. And he's like, wait, are, are you actually, are you really the teacher or are you just messing with us right now? Right. So <laughs> I, I taught there for so long because I had such a great experience doing it from that moment, from that day one moment, right through the, you know, the next 14, 15 years that I taught there, it, 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 I had a fantastic time, you know, teaching, um, interacting with, with young folks that, that have nothing but, you know, awesome ideas and they want to turn the world into a, you know, a better place with this new thing that they've come up with. And this, you know, it's, it's a, you don't get that a whole lot at work yeah. um, a lot of times, you know. Do you uh, do you stay in touch with any of these students? Have any oh, yeah. Of yeah. 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 I think, you know, there there are very few students that haven't connected with me in some way or shape or, you know, LinkedIn or emails. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm called probably once a semester as a reference for a student. You know, hey, so-and-so is uh, applying for this particular job as a designer in Erie, Pennsylvania. You know, uh, what do you think? I mean, they're, and they're all over the, the, the country, really, right? It's not just, not just in New York City. But yeah, I stay in touch with a decent number of them. Um, you know, there are some who are more proactive at that than, than others. Yeah. You can tell they're truly into, like, making sure that they understand, you know, that they actually move their career forward and they know that actually sticking in, you know, staying in touch with certain folks is actually going to help. They get that. it. So, yeah. Well, has, has it helped you at all from recruiting talent by any chance? We haven't hired anybody that was a student of mine from Pace University. We have hired people from Pace University and other departments, though, computer science in particular. We had um, a couple of developers in the past that were um, former Pace University graduates. And we, you know, we got in touch with them because I was adjunct faculty at Pace. And I would post the the job postings there on the on the Pace website, and, and that's you know. So, but I didn't. We haven't hired any Pace students in our creative team, and honestly, the biggest reason there is we have zero turnover with our creative. Um, I mean, we've had the same working group of senior level art directors um, for six, seven years now. I mean, you don't we don't get a whole lot of turnover in that department. We're we've got some pretty talented award-winning creative folks that work with us. So. That's awesome. Yeah. What are the types of people, so if anyone out here is uh, listening, uh, what are the kinds of people that you are interested in seeing resumes or potentially um, hiring? Love to hear about them. Sure. So, yeah, go for it. It really depends on on the position that you're that you're going for, right? So the, the, the majority of our team members are developers, software de engineers, web developers, um, mobile application developers, uh, and the, the, the one thing that I will say, you know, if we see a resume that does not have, if you're an entry level person, 
and you don't have an internship or your own side work that you were working on outside of school, you don't even make it past the resume review stage. Um, there's so much to be said for a person who takes it upon themselves to step outside of class work and really want to better themselves and you know work on either personal projects, side projects, internships where you're learning from other people that are around you, more senior level people that are helping you kind of figure things out. You know, that growth doesn't, you know, that growth doesn't happen, you know, in, in school. There's a lot that happens in school, but that particular stuff doesn't really happen in school. So with engineers and developers, that's, that's the biggest thing for us. Um, with project management professionals, um, our producers have to have hands-on experience writing code doesn't matter if it's a very small amount of hands-on experience writing code. Maybe they took computer science classes in college. Maybe they went through one of those boot camps, um, you know, code writing boot camps that they have all over the country now. Um, you know, maybe they have tinkered and, and built websites on their own as a side project, you know, uh, forever. But that's, a, that's such an important part of uh, the interview process for us because we can't have a person running a project when they don't understand at a very granular level how things get built. Mm. Um, uh, so that's it. And in, in creative, like I said, I mean, geez, we have not had to really interview creative folks in a, in a very long time. We're pretty lucky. We've got some awesome people that we work with um, uh, that are on the team. Um, but, you know, we don't really hire fresh out of school creatives. The work that we do is really important on the creative side. And, you know, we need senior level folks we don't really hire folks that are straight out of school or uh, a year or two out of school unless they're incredibly talented. Gotcha. Yeah. How did you get into this? Like, what what, what spawned oh. this? And, and that's my first question. And then my second question to follow that up is, you know, what made you go out on your own and so early? Yeah, like yeah. You, you know, and yeah. I haven't even gotten into the whole woman thing, too. Yeah. Got, you know, we'll get into that. Also. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so basically, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird story, right? I went to art school you know, gasp, <gasps> you know, you're in software now and, you know, you guys build things and you went to art school. Um, yeah. Wait, University of Hartford. That's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. University of Hartford, Hartford art school. I went to a performing arts high school in, in the city of Buffalo. That's where I grew up. It's part of the reason that we ended up opening a shop there. It was easier because I knew a lot of folks there. I could navigate things easily, but, um, I was a three sport athlete in high school and an art major at the, uh, performing arts Academy in, in, in Buffalo. So I was no, lucky that's enough. Not normal. No, it's not normal at all, right? Uh, I didn't find that out until I went to college, and I was the only person in the athletic center ever that was ever, you know, in the in the as an art major, you know, a, a graphic design major, illustration major, whatever. So it was a little weird, but it got me where I needed to go. The University of Hartford was perfect for me because they had, uh, you know, a decent D one um, athletics program, and they let me play two sports there, which was like I was super lucky yeah, to, to be able to get to do that, um, and. They have a phenomenal art school, like a fantastic art school. Um, uh, got an amazing education there. So coming, you know, at, toward the tail end of school, uh, you know, uh, a, a good friend of mine started teaching me how to write code, you know, uh, an application called Flash. I think anybody that's old enough probably remembers Flash, right? So it was ActionScript, ActionScript 1, ActionScript 2, ActionScript 3. Um, you know, started teaching me a little bit about that stuff. And I got a little bit obsessed about it, right? I was never great at it, though. Um, there was, you know, I, I could at a, at a certain point after school, I could write my own HTML, CSS. Uh, I never really got too far past basic remedial front end development. 
Um, but it didn't, I didn't need to, I was working at ad agencies. I was designing things every now and then they'd ask me to build out a little prototype of something, you know, no big deal. Um, uh, September 11th came, you know, and kind of, kind of whacked New York city in the face a bit, right? Like the ad agency that I was working for, um, at the time had the most rock star team I had ever. I mean, I didn't realize you could have that many awesome people working inside of an agency. I mean, it was a really amazing team of about 25, 30 people that worked there. I was really lucky, but that agency folded, um, partially because mostly because September 11th came and, 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 and changed everything in the agency world in Manhattan. Um, they lost the Coca-Cola account because Coca-Cola had them doing the, um, the Winter Olympic Games, which they ended up being able to fi finish out that year, the 2002 Winter Olympic Games. But then they were also supposed to do a lot of work for the upcoming, um, what's the soccer tournament? World Cup, World Cup. But Coca-Cola bailed on a lot of that stuff, and that was their biggest account. Um, Volkswagen bailed. That was another one of their huge accounts, right? And it was this problem all through New York City. So I was freelancing for agency after agency after agency at, at that point. Um, and at a, at a certain point in early 2000. Three, a friend of mine said, hey, I took this job out at Casio, the watch people, you know, um, and there's an RFP out. They need somebody to design and build a new website for G-Shock. I know you're freelancing. They don't have a ton of money. How do you feel about putting in a proposal? And I was like, I feel great about that. You know, like I'm tired of bouncing from agency to agency, freelancing, you know, for whatever. Um, and so, you know, I did that um, through no, I mean, I was extremely surprised at the time, but I got a lot of I won the I won the project mainly because that person there was inside helping to navigate the situation and really vouched for me. You know, vouched for my my credibility, my the the level of talent that I had or didn't have back then, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and and anyways, I won that project, and that's that's early February two thousand three. Um, I'm sitting in a conference room out in the middle of New Jersey at Casio, and the guy comes in and goes, "Okay, so." we're going to give you the project. What's your tax ID number? And I was like, uh, <laughs> right. Like I had nothing back then though. You could go online real quick and just sign up for a tax ID number in the state of New Jersey. So when that guy went out to get me a glass of water, I quickly went online, you know, Google tax ID number, New Jersey was able to give it to him before I left there that day. And that was really where it all started. Honestly, like I, it, it was, it was, somebody that I knew giving me the opportunity to try to win something that I would never have had the opportunity to win. Um, you know, and, and the agencies, mind you, that are in Manhattan that are all still laying people off giant chunks of people. They're, they're letting go their entire development team. They're letting go of part of their creative staff because they everything's in flux now after, after September 11th, for like a good solid couple of years, everything was in flux in that industry. They still needed all the work to get done though. They just didn't have the budgets to keep that huge staff that they used to have. So, um, you know, I had all of those relationships with all those ad agencies that I was bouncing from, you know, give me a job designing this thing, give me a job designing that thing, you know, and once I won the Casio project, I just immediately turned to those folks at the agencies and said, look, I can't be on site for you anymore, but I can be off site and I'll still do the work. I looked at it. I hired a couple of people to help me. Um, and that was really, it was just, it was, it all just came together so quickly. It was not meant to be, it was not a huge plan of mine at the age of 25 to be like, I'm going to go out on my own it was scary but at the age of 25 scary is like not really scary right yeah. <laughs> not a big deal yeah and thus studio was born right yeah that's pretty much it it's wow. a long-winded story i know but you have to understand all those moving pieces when pete when i tell people like i kind of fell into it i mean i worked hard to get it but it, there were a handful of things that had one thing not gone this way or that way it would never have happened you know it just wouldn't have wow 
has being a woman has it been an impetus to the build the business? Have you noticed any? Talk, talk about that. People ask that question fairly often, and I've never once felt as though I did or did not get any particular piece of work, or did or didn't get any sort of you know love in a room full of you know in a conference room full of people because I was or wasn't a woman. I I and maybe I'm just blind to it or something, but I honestly don't think that I've ever been in a situation where that has 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 been sort of put on me. I also I know that there are lots of uh, women and minorities and, um, you know, uh, uh, people that are not heterosexual and like outwardly gay that have, that have different stories where that's concerned. I just don't have one of those. I, I've, I've been asked a hundred times and I just, I lucky, I guess, um, that I've never had anybody male, female, black, white, gay, straight ever make me feel as though I, I, I think you don't allow it. And I think where a lot of people, uh, let those things come in to there it's a it's a perception thing i mean i just remember you know not that this is male female straight gay women man thing anyway but i just remember when we were in the oh god i forgot where that was i think it was a uh when you with, with coach me plus oh, yeah. when you had everyone in the room i mean you just walked into the room you commanded presence everybody you know everybody walked out of there like wow you know and and your product was really good but most people were talking about you, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's funny. afterwards. You know, that... I don't really, I don't really know. I guess I only have one way of being, I suppose. And, and, um, you know, I, 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 that's awesome. That's like a super cool thing for me to hear. And, and, and I, I appreciate knowing that. Thank you. That's great. But like, I don't, you know, I don't really know where that comes from. It might come from having a mother that's kind of the same way. Like my mom walks into a room and if things are not getting done the right way, she's like, let's shape this stuff up, people. You know, um, that might be where that comes from. Um, you know, it's a learned thing, I suppose. But yeah, I, I, you know, and maybe you're right. Maybe that's why. Or maybe I've just been fortunate enough to know and work with people who really don't think that way, you know. Um, and maybe it's a combination of the two. But I really do believe that um, I am... I am surrounded every day by really, really, really smart, really awesome people for the most part. I don't, I don't really have very many bad stories about people that I've crossed paths with professionally. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about people. One of my favorite subjects. Yeah, right. Let's do it. (laughs) People. Um, So you've surrounded yourself with great people. Um, Do you have a philosophy around that? I mean, everyone, I've known you for years and everyone work and personal is always just, they're just good people, smart people, fun, loving people, humble people, simple people. Talk to me about how you've cultivated these relationships because you talked about, you know, the the hiring of the people, the jobs that you've gotten, building your business. Um, so if you ask me, right, and you're asking me, if you ask me, <laughs> right, it's 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 there's a gut check thing there that happens. I don't even know I'm doing it sometimes, but the first moment that I meet somebody, it's pretty obvious to me, kind of like who they are, you know, like f- as a human being, right? Like you could be in a job interview, you could be at a bar having drinks with coworkers. You could be on a train coming back from Philly, like just casual conversation with the guy next to you or whatever. If you pay attention to people often enough and, 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 and throughout your life, you will, I I believe people, you can pick up a sense of who people are, right? Um, I don't really waste my time with people that, um, I do not think are good people, (laughs) you know, human beings. Uh, I don't waste my time with people who waste my time, um, right, uh, um, and I think that's just become sort of a, 
it's second nature to me. I don't even think about it. I'm just, when I'm interviewing somebody, I pretty much know from the first five minutes that they're in there, whether they're going to be a cultural fit or not. Um, and if there's a question about that, I can, I can usually sense whether they're just nervous or, you know, whatever, whatever that is, um, or whether they're a jerk, right? I don't, I don't know. Um, so if you ask me, I honestly, you know, I think it's just from many years of, of honest, just listening to people, talking to people, um, hearing people's stories, um, and really like, but really engaging in, in when they're, when they have a conversation with you. And I, I know a lot of people who, you know, when, when you start to, to, to chat with them, there's a one way street there, right? They just talk at you and they're waiting. You can see, you know, they're talking to you and, and they let you get a word in, right? But you can see they're watching your mouth. They're waiting for you to take a breath so that they can jump right back in and start talking again, right? Like, I don't, you, you know, I mean, you can't waste your time with, with folks like that. If, if you can listen to people and you can really get a, a feel for who the human beings that are around you are, there's a weird sixth sense that happens when you're, when you're, when you're interviewing people, when you're meeting people for the first time, you can pretty much just like, yep. All right. That's a, that's a good person. Or oh, that's something, there's something weird about that guy. You know, did you ever read uh, blink by Malcolm Gladwell? I did not. I wish I should, I should, I absolutely should. I know the premise. I did not read it though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in a nutshell, like what year, you know, cause, cause there's people argue back and forth, you know, about, uh, you know, can you really make that snap? judgment and what his argument is and and uh malcolm if you're listening if i've botched this let's let's talk about it <laughs> um essentially that you are making even though you might think it's a snap judgment like your brain is processing years of experience to give you the ability to make that judgment and more often than not that that'll be right sure so yeah, that, i would agree with that honestly um you know i would i would agree wholeheartedly with that um if you like I said before, if you ask me, that's that's my answer. If you ask my wife, um, my wife will tell me that it's because I've spent <laughs> the better part of my life yeah. um, going above and beyond for friends, um, in some cases, with nothing really in return. Um, but I don't, I, I don't mind that at all. Um, I go above and beyond for clients, friends, neighbors, people that are just people that are good people. Um, I... I believe that when you do that, when you when you make sure that that one of the first things that you think about when you when you are you know uh, dealing with another human being is like how can I help that person? Um, karma is a straight up boomerang, man. And I know that sounds really cliche, but when you when you when you go into a relationship with a person where the one of the first two or three things that is that is your focus in that relationship is is how can I further that person in some way, how can I help that person with whatever this thing is? Nine times out of 10, that comes back at you. And it comes back at you in, in a pretty fierce way. Um, you know, I'm not saying like, if you give 10 bucks to the, to the homeless guy on the street, all of a sudden that guy's going to win the lottery and, and you're, you know, he shares the ticket with you. I mean, that's a little ridiculous, but you know, just s simple things, you know, you, you shovel the snow for your neighbor. Um, you know, two weeks later, that neighbor pops by, you know, with homemade cookies, who doesn't like homemade cookies, right? It's a very simple, like common human thing, right? It's, you're not expecting the cookies, but when they show up, that's delicious, yeah. you know? <laughs> Liz, I feel like uh, you should be taking over my company now because what everything that you've just said is what I try to, to preach. It, it's, it's just that. <laughs> I'd love to regurgitate it. Maybe that's just why we better. get along so you know, well, man. Be. That's maybe why. Yeah. Maybe that's why. <laughs> that's you know? it. But I, oh God, I just love that philosophy. If more, think about if more people just really thought that oh, way, God. just to your point, as opposed to, 
um, you know, trying to get their word in edgewise or thinking about what they can get out of a relationship. If you completely change the dynamic, yeah. it's a much more meaningful relationship. It's, it's uh, you know, you're not thinking about yourself. You're taking the stresses that you have and you're focusing on potentially what someone else might have. You're furthering them yeah. and then you rise with the tide. Yep. I, it, it, I think about it all the time. Sometimes it's sadding, you know, it saddens me a little bit yeah. when you realize how many people actually do not feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, a, a mentor of mine told me a long time ago, a very long time ago, um, you know, the best people build bridges so that people can, you know, get to you, right? Like the best people build bridges so that other people can come and share their, share things with you and, and you learn from them and, you know, the worst kinds of people build bridges so that they can then get something from that other person. Mm. And it's a, I mean, I, I, that stuck with me. I, I, I heard that relatively quickly out of, out of college. And this gentleman that's been my mentor for a long time, you know, he, 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 he uses that saying all the time. And it, it, it's really not much better way to describe it than that in all honesty. Oh so, yeah. That's yeah. powerful. Yeah. That is powerful. So I, I've got a, a section that I do. I call it some rapid fire questions. Just a little opportunity to um, let people understand a little bit more about kind of who you are. A couple quick questions. Let me know if you're ready to rock. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Introvert, extrovert, centrovert. Where do you fall? Centrovert for sure. Um, I didn't even know what that meant until a couple of years ago. Um, I I am one of those people who is, it's really weird. If I walk into a room full of people that I know, I am super happy. I'm talking to everybody. I'm chatty Cathy, you know, very, you know, in my element. But if I walk into a room full of people that I don't know, um, there is a very weird thing that happens to my body physically. I just shut down. Like I can't even, I'm not even myself. And if you ask any number of people who've known me for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, like even in college, the first time I met those folks, a lot of them will be like, yeah, it was really weird. You were like the quietest person in the corner. And then two months later, you're like, ah, hey, Liz is here. You know, it's like, I don't know what that is. Um, I've taken courses to try to like sales courses and networking courses to try to get that thing out of me. And, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to this event. I'm going to walk into this room and I'm going to introduce myself to the first three people that I see. And I walk in and then I go, Ooh, okay. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go over to the cheese station and grab some cheese first, right? Like, like it's hard. I don't know what that is about me, but um, in adult, most people would never know that about me, you know? Uh, um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. So building networks, it's all, you know, there's so many different ways to do it. So going to the networking event isn't necessarily for everyone if you're doing some of the other things. Yeah. Now, if you, I bring you, a person with me, mm-hmm. like if I, if I have somebody from my office that comes with me and the two of us can like sort of tag team run the room, I'm good because I've got like a, a compadre, you know what I mean? But it's that weird thing of being alone. And, you know, that the, I took those, like I said, I took a lot of classes to try to figure this thing out. And, you know, there's, there's, the, there's the notion of like head trash. You know, you walk into a room and you think everyone's like, oh, what's this person selling today? You know, oh, um, it, it, I don't think it's that really for me. Honestly, I, I just think like, why am I going to walk over and interrupt these people who are having a very pleasant conversation without me? and just inject myself like, and, but people do it all the time at those networking events and that's what you're supposed to do. And people do it and it is what it is. And nobody thinks oddly of a person when they do it. But for some reason, I'm just like, that's so rude. I can't do that. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Well, well, you know, I I, I can't remember if it was Pew Research or or one of these, or Harvard, I think might've done a study that 90% of people are actually shy. 
So you can yes. be, an, yeah, you can be an introvert and extrovert. Yeah, ninety percent of people are just they have a level of apprehension, um, and it's more just again, it's in in the head. Like, hey, like you just said, hey, are they what are they going to think of me? Are they, you know, and and it, it's just it's it's all in our head. It makes so, me feel better. Like the minute I realized that there was a thing, such a thing as a centrovert, I was like, ooh, look, I'm not so weird. <laughs> you, you got know? a label. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> there it is. Awesome. Uh, so you do a lot. How do you find time to sleep, and and how much sleep do you get a night? I am relatively new to getting the right amount of sleep. And I think that's Jen's, that's Jen's doing. When I got married, um, before I got married, I would say there was no, there was no like, you know, standard, how many hours of sleep do you get? I, I would get four hours one night, eight hours the next night, you know, two and a half hours, you know, I mean, just weird, odd, you know, yeah, weird hours. I got emails of some random time, like, where is she in yeah. another time zone? No, or, yeah. You know, then, like, and when you, it, it, you, when you're starting a business, when you're trying to make a business grow, two o'clock in the morning isn't really that big of a deal, especially when you're like 29, 30, 31, right? Well, see, this is what I'm saying, right? So, and, and I know people that are much older than I am. I know guys that are in their fifties and sixties and still doing that. And that's hardcore, right? So I, after getting married, my, my wife is a big um, she is a firm believer that sleep deprivation is a very serious thing. It causes all sorts of mental and physical issues. Uh, and she is a hundred percent right. Right. And it took me a long time to figure that out. But, but once I started getting on average as close to seven hours of sleep a night as I could a couple of years ago, um, you know, it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes it's six, uh, six and a half, but, um, seven is usually the most, um, Unless it's a weekend, right? If we have nothing going on, maybe I get eight. But um, I know you have kids; you never get eight. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I I started to realize like I am more clear minded. I can work longer during the day without like yawning and feeling like I'm gonna fall asleep at my desk. And that's not just. I mean, that's a lot of you know how you like the the food that you eat and, and things like that too. But that seven hours of sleep, that's relatively new for me. And I think that it's probably one of the the healthiest things that I've done for both myself and for my businesses because I, I I'm just so much more productive. I would think that I was more productive before because I'm working 12, 13, 14, 15 hour days, but I wasn't really getting as much done as I can get on a full night's sleep. I can get a lot done if I get a full night's sleep. Wow. Uh, what about your cell phone? Do you keep it uh where, where does that it's on the nightstand. It is. It's on the nightstand. It's on the nightstand. I had to train myself. And again, this is a very new thing. This is probably within the last year, I would say, less than a year. I had to train myself that, so my alarm goes off at 6 a.m. every single morning. That's, unless there's something going on, like if I got an early weekends flight. Too? No, no, no. Yeah. Weekends are different. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Weekends are, are for leisure in my, in my head at this point. But, um, uh, 6 a.m., Monday through Friday, unless I've got something going on. If there's an early morning, um, you know, site launch or, or product launch or if I've got an early flight or something, but 6 a.m. Is, is, is the standard time. And I had started this past year in 2017 not looking at my phone until I get out of the shower, my hair is dried, I am dressed, and I am ready to roll. What I would realize is what I was realizing, rather, the reason I made that decision is because I would wake up in the morning and the first thing I would do is check my email, make sure everything's cool. Did anything go wrong with that launch that was happening last night? Did, you know, uh, is is client X that was freaking out about this thing still freaking out about it? And what would happen is I would get so sucked into responding and emailing and, and getting all of these communications out. I'd look at my watch and it's quarter to seven and I haven't even showered yet, which means that there's no way I'm getting to the office first and I'm a big proponent of getting to the office first. Um, I, I, I do not like days where I walk into the office at 8.30 
and somebody else on my team's already there before me. It makes me feel lazy, you know what I mean? So um, I've forced myself, unless there's something crazy going on and I know I gotta do it in the morning and check things right away, uh, you know, 19 out of 20 days, I, am, I don't look at my inbox until I'm done, ready to walk out the door, and then I can spend 10, 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes at my counter emailing if I need to before I got to hop on the train and head into the city. So, wow. yeah. what, what do you do to stay? Obviously, we know that you're hurt now. You're uh, mending a injury. So yeah. physically, I can't go there. But mm. mentally, oh, yeah. All right. We'll talk. Well, to you. What mean, do you do to stay in shape? Well, that's the, like so. Right. So I tore this ankle up pretty bad last year. And, and physical therapy is great because it does allow me to do stuff. Right. I, like I said before, I was a fairly avid runner. Um, you know, prior to, to tearing this ankle up and I will get back to being a fairly avid runner at some point soon, but, um, physical therapy two to three times a week. And I don't skimp on that. A lot of people will, um, I'm guilty. Yeah. Right. Cause it hurts. Physical therapy sucks. <laughs> right. But I'm at a point now where like, it's the only real true, like cardio and stuff that I can get in. I mean, I can do free weights at home for upper body stuff and core or whatever, but to get that cardio, get your heart raised, you know, get your heart up, I can't do that when, without somebody else in the room to make sure that I don't fall, re-injure myself, like whatever. So it's, I, I make sure that I am at physical therapy. I do not skip physical therapy. There's got to be something really bad going on if I skip physical therapy. I, I think I've been in PT for many, many months now. I can, I, I can remember one time that I didn't go, and it was because I had the flu, right? Wow. So, yeah. That's what it takes to get you down. Now, let's talk yeah. mentally. Hmm. What do you do? Uh, to stay sharp mentally. I, I, this is gonna sound like a broken record, but honestly, ever since I, I, I forced myself to be getting that between six and a half, seven, seven on the ideal day, uh, hours of sleep, I, that is, there's not much um, that I do that's more important than that for me, for yeah. my mental. Sleep's huge. Yeah, it absolutely is. huge. It is. What are um back to networking for a minute and the relationships? Uh, any stories in particular that come to mind? Whether it's a, a deal you got because of your network, someone you met serendipitously, well, I guess not serendipitously, but uh, or, or just any type of story that ties back. Yeah. To, yeah. I I I did I I forced myself to do a little bit of a of a of a a project for myself a couple of months ago. I looked at our client base at, at Studio Labs, and then I looked at all of the other companies that I'm fortunate enough to be a member of, board member, advertising, you know, at, 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 at advisor, board member, you know, uh, co-founder, investor, whatever. And I started seeing all these weird trends. I'm like, well, that goes back to that guy, and that goes back to that guy. So I literally sat down and forced myself to try to figure out how many of the deals that Studio has, how many of the fortunate business um, you know, circumstances that I've been able to walk into came from some sort of like weird uh, sales tactic, you know, um, Google AdWords and, and, and you know, uh, spending dollars on advertising and, and digital marketing and, you know, and I could not find one. I could not find one for as far back as I could dig that did not lead back you know that game, Seven Degrees, Kevin Bacon kind yeah, of thing. Six Degrees, whatever of, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was. There were, there are probably six or seven people in my life who, for 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 some strange reason, from one of those six or seven people, in in whether it's two degrees, three degrees, four degrees, has, you know, has produced this 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 piece of work that we've got, or this piece of business that we got, this project that we won. Um, networking for me is really, like I said before, it's really all about just making sure that you are a good human being and that you are good to other human beings. And 
you know, I was part of that. I told that that agency that that folded right after September 11th. That crew of people has been so good to me. Um, we still work together on a lot of different things. I mean, we work, we do a lot of work for Estee Lauder. It's a huge, huge corporation, right? Tiny little company like mine. How'd you win Estee Lauder? Uh, yeah, want to know why? Because the project manager, you know, at that place 16, 17 years ago, um, remembered us and was like, oh, these guys are these guys are good people. Let's let's bring them in and give them an RFP and, and let them get a shot at it, right? So that's all it is. I it's for me, it's it's I don't have like a single networking story about this. I, that's a pretty good one yeah it's, that is the story you know yeah, it's it like is. it's it is what it is um yeah it's yeah. funny so you mentioned about how the six or seven people make the majority of your business have you ever heard of the parada principle or Pareta? Mm, no italian i forgot his first name but but he essentially did a study and he, he really broke it down that essentially um you know 80 percent of your work is going to come from 20 percent of the people really and that's and it falls into a lot of things like i'm, I'm sure the heavy lifting at your at your work, I'm sure eighty percent of it is probably by the twenty the top twenty percent. Okay. And, and yeah. there have been recent studies that will go to argue that it's really ninety ten, not necessarily hmm. eighty twenty. Wow. So um, you know, just well, to be continued on that stat for business development, that that is that works perfectly. You know, for yeah. I mean, that is that is pretty much exactly what we're what we're looking at from a business development stand, standpoint. Like, no question about it. Wow. If, if you could go back in time. And uh, give your uh, give yourself your future self some networking advice. What would it be? Uh, you know, there. So, I, I said before that I really hate networking events, and 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 only because of my own insecurities and weird stuff, right? Which again is odd because anyone that if I say that to people, I know they're like insecurities, whatever, Liz. You're like you're perfectly, you know, lovely. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, there was. Uh, a while back when I first started the business, probably 2005, 2006, um, the CEO, I'm sorry, the COO rather, of a Brooklyn-based agency, really talented agency that we were working for at the time, doing some pretty cool stuff for them. Um, he introduced me to an organization called SOTA, uh, Society, of, uh, Society of Digital Agencies. And back then they were Tiny. They were just starting up. The agency that he worked for was a founding member of of Soda, uh, and he was like, "Look, you, you know, you should probably get to know these folks. They're, you know, this is what they're doing. They're, you know, they're going to be this thing. This organization is going to grow." I was like, "All right, cool, thanks." You know, and he invited me to a a particular event, um, and I walked into that event, and I probably said hi to two people that maybe looked a little bit familiar to me. I went over to the cheese table, grabbed some cheese, and made my exit. Right, that's my that's what I do. Right, um, and you know, I look back at that now, um, and that was my in. That was my opportunity. Though Soda is a huge organization now, and they're doing a lot of really great things. Um, everything from networking to to training and education um, that that I could have been uh, privy to. I could have had access to had I kind of stuck it out a little bit and gone to a few more of those networking events and just allowed myself to be uncomfortable, but met the right people and, and really did do what uh, this gentleman was kind of suggesting that I do. And sort of, you know, Studio Labs could have been a member of the, the Society of Digital Agencies by now had I actually done just a couple of those networking things and gotten to know a few people, uh, you know, back then. Um, and I, I shoot myself in the foot for that all the time. 
Um, subsequently, I'm paying thousands of dollars to go to one of their training sessions in a couple of months. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, that's a nice yeah. reminder. <laughs> yeah, that might not have cost a few thousand yeah. dollars if I was actually, a, you know, <laughs> sorry to bring better. that up. No, no, but I, honestly, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, get outside my comfort zone. I allowed myself to just um, to walk out, and I did at not at numerous networking events, not just that one in particular. Um, but I allowed myself to walk out just because of, of, of an uncomfortable feeling that I had. Um, I, I wish that I could have told myself to, to, you know, force it a little bit more, stick around. Those people are not mean, bad people. They're, it would have been good. You know, there's so many things that I teach about with networking events. I mean, number one, they're not necessarily for everybody, but they are, um, at some point that may be a necessary evil to the quote unquote introvert. Um, there are a lot of things that people can do. Um, a lot of it is, uh, uh, preparation, um, a lot of it is, uh, again, back, getting back to the mindset. There's homework you can do on the people. Um, and then something that um, at least helped me, because even though I am an extrovert, even though I am all about networking and meeting people, but these these events can be awkward, especially if they're not done right. So it's not you. A lot of times it's not you. If they're, if they're not held right, which most, I 90% of them, maybe okay. 95, I say, are poor at best. But um, it's just to, at least what I would tell myself is that everyone's here for the same reason. And everyone, you know, so we're all here. Everyone who's walked through this door knows that that's the idea or that's the theme behind what we're here to do. So, um, you know, that just knowing that alone at least helped me. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. There's not one person in the room like is that's not expecting that everybody else in the room is there for the. Yeah. And everyone else is awkward. Oh man, we don't want to talk to anyone. So, you know, yeah. listen, if you can, like, if you said you identified one or two people, sometimes that's, that's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, someone created a forum for you to be able to go and have that connection for sure. one or two people. So, sure. um, you know, sorry about soda. No. <laughs> you know? I, and honestly, if I was smarter back yeah. then, you know, I, the, all these networking events, they have like this great food platter that's out there for you and some drinks and, you know, I'm not a big you know, I, I'm never one of those people that's like, oh, let's go out for, you know, a lunch and, and, and buy so-and-so a beer at lunch. Like I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not that person. And I don't go to, I don't go to networking events and, and, you know, have three glasses of wine. It's just not really my style. But back then, knowing what my issues were with showing up there alone, I had any number of friends who, if I said, hey, free drinks and some snacks, would have totally accompanied me to any one of those networking meetings and made me feel a whole lot better. I would have stuck around for a lot longer. I don't know why I just didn't do that. You know, it never occurred to me to just be like, you know, so-and-so in, in at agency X, why don't you come with me to this thing? Um, you know, and we'll, we'll tag team the room together. Well, and the, the tag team's huge. You call it the wingman. Okay. So <laughs> you, you, you bring a wingman with you yeah. and they don't even have to necessarily be in your field of expertise. Sure. What's there, there's a great saying and I'm going to botch it, but it's something to the effect of, uh, you know, you ring your horn, it travels so far, but someone else rings it, it travels twice as far for you. All right. And, okay. and it's so nice when someone else can speak on your behalf or help to facilitate any potential introductions. Sure. So, yeah. so, uh, you know, I, I, suggest that if you have to do yeah do that's what i do whatever. now you're right yeah you're when on. i gotta go to them when i have to go to them yeah i it's like eeny meeny miny mo. who in the office is gonna is gonna <laughs> accompany me to this thing and like i said most cases they're like sweet sure i'll go have a beer and like i said the cheese platter is always delicious yeah. at those places right <laughs> so uh Good, good, good stuff. A- anything in particular you want to talk about? Anything you're you're passionate about, or I don't know if if you're. Um, I mean, I know you've got so many interests, yeah. but uh, anything now that you're working on? Um, you know, I'm not really an evangelist of any one thing in particular, mm-hmm. so I don't really have anything that I that I you know promote or or push or anything like that. So, but, but thank you. Uh, you know, that's that's always nice. Um, you know, I, not not really. You know, I think if there's one thing um, that I try to 
impart on anybody that I speak to. Um, that is, is that that whole thing going back to like just being a good human being, right? Mm-hmm. It me it it changes things so much. Like I, I know so many people who just can't get out of their own way. Nothing good ever happens for them. They're constantly complaining. They're so sad. This didn't happen for them. I didn't get this gig. This one went to this other company. You know, uh, it, but it, honestly, like if you just if you can change, you know, sort of the the way you um, think about being a human being and actually allow yourself to actually look at other folks, see what they're doing, learn from that in not just at work, just as in general, as like a, like I said before, as a human being, if you can learn from other people, um, you know, that's a, that's a, it's a huge thing. And a lot of people I think feel like they already do that, but they don't really, right. You gotta, you gotta take a step back and like really take a look at yourself and be like, do I really care about this person I'm speaking to right now? Um, you know, and if you don't, a, Option A, just walk away and don't bother that person anymore. Don't waste their time. Or B, change yourself a little bit and maybe, you know, get to know them, really get to know them and get to understand why they're talking to you, you know? That's awesome advice. A couple questions before I let you go. Yeah. What, or I shouldn't say what, is there any person in particular that you are most impressed with? And and if so, um, what it is, what, and, and this is a person I mean that you could pick up the phone and talk or they would call you. Um, and what is it about them that makes them so impressive? Um, there's a couple, right? Uh, my mom, as I mentioned before, is, is kind of a, uh, is one of them for sure. Um, you know, watched her raising us. Um, she was a single mom, you know, at a certain point, my, my dad passed away, you know, when I was, uh, 11, my sister was 10 and my brother was eight or nine, eight, eight. Um, and so watching her, the minute she knew that my dad got sick, you know, she could have done any number of things. She could have chosen any number of paths. She went back to school, worked, worked during the day, went to school at night, um, got her degree so that she could get a better job, um, and then got that better job and then worked her way up through the city of New York or or city of Buffalo rather, um, in, in job after job, better job after better job, you know, to just to a point where, you know, she just recently retired. Um, and, and, she worked really, really, really hard to get there, busted her butt, um, didn't really take any guff or anything like that. And so um, I would say that my mom is probably, I mean, she's a role model for me for sure. Um, would she take your call? She, not only would she take my call, but I think my mom calls me a lot now. Um, I think she's retired, you know? So I get a lot of texts, you know? My mom's like got the oh, iPhone rocking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she retired younger, you know, than, than most people retire. She's, she's not even 60 yet, so... Um, you know, she's, but she's, she would definitely take my call. And, and like I said, she, she, she reaches out more now than she used to. And I think it's just cause she's not dead tired all day. She's not getting up at four in the morning, working until two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon, then helping take care of, you know, her granddaughter, my niece, uh, for a couple of hours after that and, you know, dinner and blah, blah, blah. And then starting the whole thing all over again at 4am, you know, she was getting up at 4am every day for decades. That's, <laughs> that's like insane. You know, yeah. that'll wear you out. Um, now she's. Now she's got lots of time and, and she does good things with her time too, you know, so she's a good role model. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a tough one to, uh, <laughs> you said you had a few, but that's it. Yeah, you just go done. there. Yeah. That's it. You're we'll, done. We'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if someone is interested in, in learning more about your business or getting in touch with you, I don't know, you don't, you don't have to give out any information, but, uh, share, even if it's your company website or whatever it is that you want to do, because I think that sure. you, you put out good work. I know people that have worked with you. You put out great work. I'm sorry to cut you short no. by saying good. <laughs> um, nice. so 
tell yeah. us tell us about your site and how people can get in touch with you. Yeah, sure. It's studiolabs.com. Um, pretty simple URL. Uh, and um, that's the company name, Studio Labs, right? So go to studiolabs.com. We have, um, you know, we have a handful of, of projects and stuff that you can see that we've worked on um, on the website. We definitely don't put everything up there. We do hundreds of projects a year. Um, we handpick the ones that, A, we think our uh, people are interested in seeing so that you can see some of our work up there. But we also um, don't have options in some cases. We, we work with, with a lot of corporations that have us under pretty nasty NDAs. Um, and uh, so we can't put everything on the website. But you can learn about the company there. You can see you know, who some of our clients are, see some of our projects, kind of see who we are, what we do, and how we do it. Uh, it's a very small website, but it doesn't need to be big because it's, you know, what we do, <laughs> what we do is not, you know, it's not super, super, uh, it's not rocket science, really. I mean, it, we, we build some really complex things, um, but we're not sending people to the moon, you know, so. You're very <laughs> humble. You've been such an awesome guest and I've, I've uh, maximized the time here. I don't know if there's anything in particular that you wanted to ask me. And if so, fire away. I don't know, Adam. I, you know, I, you and I have known each other for a while. You know, I don't think that there's anything that I, that I, uh, that I don't, that I need to ask that I don't already kind of, kind of know. I mean, I, I love what you're doing here with this company. Um, when I first found out that, that, that this was your new venture, I was, I was pretty psyched because there's, there's a big need for it, in my opinion, in the marketplace. There are people, um, like myself, uh, included that just struggle with this, um, you know, this with networking in general and, 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 uh, you know, I, I think you've, you've found a niche, you know, and you've found a, a need, you know, there are people that really need this. A lot of times people start a, a business and they come to me and they're like, oh, Liz, check out my new business. It's like, I sell cupcakes at a, you know, on the corner of like, you know, third and whatever in the snow. And I'm like, well, that's probably great. You know, like, I don't, and you're out of business in two weeks. Right. But this, <laughs> this is something, you know, this is something I think not only are you super good at it because it's what you love to do, obviously, and you're really good at it, but I do think that you've, this, this business is needed. It's a necessity. So I, I'm, I'm sure you'll do pretty well. I'm excited. It's uh, I'm fortunate enough to have great people like you in my uh, friend circle. So I, I, that means a lot to me. Thank you so much. And again, I really appreciate you spending some time today and really helping uh, there, there's so much that people can learn from you and have learned and hopefully what took you the 20 years mm -hmm. to, <laughs> to understand that we've just shaved that time sure. off of their learning curve so they can help to get to where wherever it is that they're looking to go. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If so, check out some of my others on conversationswithconnors.com. If you're someone looking to build a business, increase your sales, or make a career change, go to networkwise.com. There, you'll have access to a bunch of resources that can help you get started. Thanks again, make it a great day, and remember to always networkwise.